Okay, so you see, this is the rest of the year. So um, you'll see there's actually quite a few classes where <laughs> Thanksgiving, and this is what we've done typically, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year. Uh, we know Sunday school, but there will be the main service, of course. So anyway, uh, and then actually, I I didn't get very original with the last three classes in Chapter Five. I have the same title, so if you if you teach those, you're welcome to modify the title. You know, but it is actually these are very encouraging, uh, talking about the certainties and the confidence a believer can have. And today is one that we'll talk about that in terms of prayer. Okay, so let's go on. So let me read the passage. <clears throat> These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. And there's a textual thing here which I'm not going to get into, but there's a last part of this verse which some versions have, some versions do not have. So I'm not going to uh, – New American Standard uh, does not have it, so I'm going to use that. So I didn't find a whole lot of dialogue about that, though. So let's continue. <laughs> this is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked from him. And these, you know, this whole section is to be an encouragement. John's kind of wrapping up First John here in this, this letter, and he's, these are to be very encouraging verses, and they're to be encouraging about how we approach the Lord in prayer. So let's go on. So it starts off with these things I have written to you. So actually, I what I did, uh, looking at the, the, the verse there, actually, the interlinear in the original Greek, it has it in this order, and it puts the who the person is who believes in the name of the Son of God at the last of the verse. But it has, like, I've written to you, and it gives a purpose, and I like that. And Macaulay liked that too, so yeah, maybe I liked it because Macaulay liked it. I don't know, you can, whatever you, whatever you think. But anyway, so it's the things I've written to you that you may know that you have eternal life. So this is really kind of foundational kind of stuff. And this is to give, is to give us an assurance. And when we come to prayer, that if we know we have eternal life, it's, we're to be bold and fearless, as, it, as it we'll, we'll see shortly. Be fearless in our prayer life. Okay, so let's look at this. Okay, so I just kind of looked at, I'll put all three up there real quick. Subject, verb, direct object. So it's I, John, have written, grapho, to write uh, on, on writing material. And it's the direct object is these things to you who believe. And it's a, it's a fact, Eris, past point fact. He uh, wrote that. So the question comes up, what are these things referring to? And some, you know, this is this actually has been a controversial verse. Some have taken it's the entire book of John. Well, looking at at several different people and kind of thinking about it, it looks like the immediate context is always a is always sometimes better. So I'm going to go with the immediate context. And uh, Constable thinks that, and uh, Chafer thinks that. So anyway, I'm going to go with the good company then. So the, these things seem to go with the context which was taught in nine through twelve. So let's look at, and I think particularly uh, this verse goes with, or these verses go with the last two verses uh, that were taught last week. <clears throat> so let me just read those. First um, John 5:11, and the testimony is this. And actually, you find out testimony is like almost like court evidence, if you will. This is a testimony, and so this is God testifying to what He's done. God has given us eternal life. 
and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. I mean, that's, you know, we covered that last week, just, you know, just to the point, precise, and it's God speaking this. So his testimony, his evidence, that he's given us eternal life. And so I want to just kind of drill down a little bit farther on that. And I, uh, a couple of charts I want to look at to do this. So here are some key points. I just took each of the verses and kind of chopped them up. So the testimony or the evidence by God, here's what the evidence is. God has given us, every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, he's given us eternal life. And this life is in or in union with his son. This is so beautiful, this preposition. It's in this living union we have. That's where we have eternal life, right? It's with a person. It's with our Savior. We have eternal life with a person, the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who has the Son, so God so God declares through uh, John, he who has the Son has the eternal life. There's no question about it. You, you don't have to worry about it, wonder about it. You just have to read it and believe it. We and so how do we? The question comes up: How do we? And we all know this. This is what we pray for people that don't know Him. How do we come to have? How do you latch on to eternal life? Well, we we have the Son simply by faith in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, His person is who He is. He's very God and very man. His work is His work on the cross. Uh, he died for our sins according to the Scripture. He was buried and He rose on the third day. This so bait, right. verse, uh, you know, verse 11 to, um, and this life is in his son. It is. It, it, is. it is. It is in, yeah, that's right. That is in union. I know that preposition there. Right. This life is in his son. That's, that's just so wonderful. It's in the very person of our Savior. And so when we come to faith, we, we can have that eternal life in his son. So the, and then the converse, you know, he, John's not, a bashful about stating the converse. The converse, converse is, in verse 12, he who does not have the Son of God does not have eternal life. So is John so black and white, right? I mean, this is, this is it. You have eternal life in his Son, or you don't have eternal life. Yeah, there's no I, gray area. There's no gray area. Well, let's see. Uh, <laughs> so basically, the and this is my words, this this is a person who has not believed on who Christ is and what he's done. It's that simple. If there's anyone out there who, who has listened to this that hasn't done that, I would implore you to trust in the Lord Jesus as your Savior. And uh, that's that's what it's all about. A few more thoughts on that. Um, okay, actually, no, well, that's actually that first one. So now let's go on to that you may know. So actually what's cool is, and John is very much this way, um, these things I've written to you, you have eternal life, but he wants you to go one step further. This is about assurance, right? The, the step further is that you don't have a doubt about that. You know that you have it, right? And you you say, I know I have it, and, and why do you know you have it? So let's look at that. So that is a that the purpose of that. You believers may know that you have eternal life. And it's a, it's not gnosko this time, it's oida. Absolute knowledge based upon facts. And those facts are in his word, right? And God has declared that. You have eternal life, and you know that you, and when you come, you know that you have eternal life because of those absolute facts in his word. His perfect tense is to be a settled state in the believer. You know that you have eternal life. And that, he wants to build on that. He wants to build on that and say, hey, 
you know, because you ha- you know you have eternal life, you have a relationship with our Savior, and now when you get ready to pray, this should affect how you pray. And we're going to see the details of that in a bit. Literally, you are having present tense. So you, you still don't have it. You have the Lord Jesus continually, 24-7. You, ha- are, are, you are having present tense. So we surrenders this. You may know. I just, you know, he, he take, what's cool about Weiss, I just love it. Go is, ahead. Is May subjunctive here? And if so, what kind of subjunctive? You're going to get to that? We, 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 we get, that's coming. Okay. That's coming. That's coming. Okay. You may know with absolute knowledge that you are having eternal life. So, so Weiss takes the, you know, the definitions and the, and the verb tense and puts that together. You may know with absolute knowledge that you have eternal life. So the purpose is to give assurance that we have eternal life in our possession. So, so the next part of the verse will tell us, and we already kind of know by the context, the next part will tell us, um, will tell us, uh, the group of people. And we, we know already who this is going to be. So Bob, was your question? I, I, may I just do it? Well, I, I'm kind of thinking, I kind of like it the other way around, the way it's written. Uh-huh. But anyway, Macaulay and you win. But uh, <laughs> all, all that aside, I think these things are written to you who believe in the name of Son of God. Mm-hmm. That you may know. And I like the idea of first conditional. I mean, I think since you know. Mm-hmm. I, I think rather than, oh, you may know, you may not know. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I guess, I think this is, I mean, John's a black and white. Well, well, remember, he's focusing on, no is kind of the key word here, oida, right? So he's, he's saying oida is, is the word that I'm, want you, that you know, that you, you know, that knowledge, and that knowledge is factual based upon scripture, right? That you know. How do you know? We know it because God has declared it, right? Well, but then since you know. <laughs> well, since, I don't think since it's in the, I have to look at the. It's subjunctive tense, so it's not uh-huh. removed. I okay. There's a question about that. Okay. All right. The well, to interpret that is if you know. By the way, I may or may not know. I think that's no. I, now. Well, well, I think this is say this is a categorical statement. I, I would go that route. And he says you you may know, and and it's what kind of knowledge? If it, if it was if you had to grow into this knowledge, that might be one thing. This is this is absolute factual knowledge based upon scripture. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. In sense, might be appropriate. Okay. Okay, so let's go on. We're going to have some if-thens here in a bit. So the group of people is no surprise. You who believe in the name of the Son of God. So just a little, uh, there's a cool word here that kind of, um, a cool preposition. Who believe, who exercise faith. So here's a, here's a cool preposition. It's ace, in ace. The idea is that you are believing in the right direction. So this is a little bit different. I, you know, I, I, I'd heard this before. I thought about this before, but this is kind of neat. We talk about what is the object of our faith. Well, this is kind of this preposition talks about what's the direction of our faith. So this is kind of cool. So faith, faith does not save. Have you ever heard? I have faith. Well, I have faith. You know, we have, um, you know, faith. You're people of faith. Well, what does that mean? That means nothing without uh, without a direction or an object. You know, I have faith in that's good. Okay, that's a good. T- you have an object, right? You can't just say faith. So faith doesn't save you. If you have faith, that doesn't do anything. God saves you, right? <laughs> Based upon what Christ has done. Anyway, faith is only valid if the direction is correct. So this is kind of cool. You think about we think about the, is the object is correct. 
Also, the direct, this is saying the direction has to be right. The direction has to be focused on our Savior. If it's not focused, it's the wrong direction. This preposition is telling us that. So why is, why was uh, some, some of the, the end of that verse, why uh, was it omitted? I mean, well, that's, I don't, I'm not gonna, that, it looks like it's, well, what seems to be, you know, it's different text. It's different Greek text. So I'm not in the, able to talk to that with any, you know. Yeah, but we don't know when the, was it added or what? Well, at that point? I, don't, I don't know. I, I can find nobody that talked to that point. I just know that it comes from New American Standard. Roy can correct me here. New American Standard comes from uh, one one tech set of text, mm-hmm. and uh, King James and New King James come from another set of text, and that's and so you have different text. And uh, once you get to that point, that's a little bit. Unless I, you know, I've heard some opinions about that, but I'm not gonna. So I'm teaching to the New American Standard today. The last part doesn't add a whole lot of new information. To my Schofield says most of the original versions don't have that. Right. Okay. So I'll go with that. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> okay. Good. All right. Roger. Sure. I noticed that the King James and the New King James, out of the six versions that I have, are the only ones that have that added text at the end. That's interesting. Even the Darby translation doesn't have that. I noticed American, that too. American Standard Version doesn't have that. I know. They're old. I know. But, uh, yeah, the King James and the New King James, they're from the 1600s, you know, so, uh, they kept that text in there. Right. So, the, the, you know, they're, they're different set of Greek texts, and so we, that right. this comes into play, and so that's a little bit beyond. <laughs> I think, I don't think it's necessary and, to debate or And it doesn't, also, it doesn't add a whole lot of new information. No, it doesn't. So, yeah. anyway, okay. So now, um, the direction of our faith, and the direction is in the name, the name stands for, it's a name, the Son of God. The name stands for the entire person. So our faith must be directed toward the Son of God. He is to be the object of our faith and the direction of our faith. So this verse adds a little more to that picture, which I thought was really cool. Okay, so any, we're going to move on to the, 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 the prayer part of this. This, this, so this sets the stage. This sets the stage for our prayer life, if you will. Okay, so now, Macaulay, all the Esther, Macaulay there. Okay, and this is the confidence which we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So we're going to have two, 14 will be a conditional sentence uh, verse, and so will 15. One will be, one will be subjunctive and one will be, um, First class, uh, a sense, if you will. So, and that's going to be really important too. Okay, this verse is telling us what kind of attitude we are have toward God in prayer. The attitude from the verse is confidence, but I like the the definition parousia. Parousia, it's boldness. Confidence is boldness, particularly in speaking. It's just, and I like this this phrase. It's it's freedom of speech. It's openness. Our interaction, I think I was talking to Jim a little bit, our, our interaction with our Savior and with God is openness. We're, we're, we're talking to, you know, to the God of the universe, but it's, it's different. It's not like a form, dear Heavenly Father, and, and we go through a long liturgy. It's not to be that. It's to be openness and freedom. How do you talk, how do I talk with Jim or with my wife or anybody? I talk with an openness. I don't, I'm not hindered. And that's what he's talking about here. That, that confidence is this openness or freedom. 
And a couple of verses which we've covered in the past. Now little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence, his freedom of speech, that's openness, and not shrink away. First John 3.21, I'm getting here so fast. <laughs> Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God, this openness before God. So this is going to set the stage for the, the second part of the verse here. So one of the characteristics of our prayer ought to be absolute openness, holding nothing back. Because why would you hold something back? If God knows everything, what are you going to hold back? You didn't see that, God? I'm afraid not. You saw that. And you saw everything I did. And you still love me because you love, you know, because I'm in your son. So that's, you know, it's silly. This confidence is founded upon knowing we have eternal life. If you, if you, if that's not, if that, if that question is not on the table, if, so to speak, right? You're, it's, you know, you're not worried about that. It's not like, well, God, I gotta be careful here. Maybe, maybe you'll, you'll nix my eternal life. Well, that, that question is not on the table for the believer. That question is settled. And that flaws in every religion. Oh, Every religion wants to do something, right? I gotta do something now to guarantee I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get to eternal life. I gotta do something. I gotta work harder. I gotta be a better person and go, it goes on and on and on. It makes you a slave. Or, you know, they, people have this terrible, kind of feeling that we missed the eternal life. We missed it mm-hmm. because we have all this stuff that we did and there's no way I'm really forgiven. I mean, mm-hmm. It's just so sad. It is sad. It is sad. It's very sad. And I think that's why he just spends so much time about knowing that you have eternal life. Knowing that's mm-hmm. the case. It's just, you know, it's incredible. So what are these other faiths, what do they do with these verses? I don't know. <laughs> they don't read them. They don't read them. <laughs> Roger. Yeah, go ahead, Roy. Just a thought here that what is the focus of our confidence? Uh, And the Greek really brings us out. He hears us. Right. Absolutely. Bracketed by what's in between. Right. Great, Roy. That's great. That is our confidence that he's always listening to us. Amen. Amen. Okay. We don't have to go through a formula. Right. To get exactly. To God. Exactly. You know, if you miss one point well, in that formula, you're not you're not you're not talking to him. Right. Well, I think many people use the middle part of the verse as being a condition that he may not hear us if we don't ask according to his will. That's right. not true. Uh, okay. The, well. Okay, we're, we're, we're going to head there. We're going to head there. You, 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 get, you get me anxious, Roy. You get me all. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. Okay. That's great. I love it. Okay. So now. Uh, we haven't quite finished with this thought. Okay. Uh, there's a, uh, toward him has, is, has some cool things to think about. <clears throat> we have confidence and it's toward him. And this is this cool word pros. Face to face. So this, this makes it even, I mean, these verses are so encouraging. We have this freedom of speech with him. And are we, are we kind of in the vicinity of God? Do we kind of, are we roaming around? God's over there. No. He's right. We're face to face with him. We're toward, toward is the word. Cross face to face, and this is the one that our brother Hal taught a lot on, and I, I loved it. And he would he would point out face to face. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with that's the cross face to face with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are face to face with God through Christ. I mean, there's just so many. This is another just stacks on top. So why wouldn't you be 
totally open about your prayer life. Why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you ask with assurance? I'm asking someone who cares for me, who I'm, I'm not far away from. I'm face to face with him. Wow, man, it's just neat. Okay. And then another cool verse using face to face or pros. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you. So Paul's commending the Thessalonians from you, but also in every place your faith face to face to God. So that face-to-face faith they had, those Thessalonians, has gone forth so that we have no need to say anything. I mean, I think that's what, what people see and believers. They see that you have a relationship that other people don't have. There's something different about you. You have a relationship that I can't understand. Many testimonies are like that. I, you know, we listen to the one for Israel. Jews get jealous of Christians. And I, and I see that, that's talked talk about in scripture, but actually some of the testimonies of, of, of Jews have become Christians say that. I'm jealous. They know more about the Bible than I do. They have a relationship with God that I don't have. How can that be? I'm, we're Israel, you know, and they just go on anyway. So that's a little bit of a diversion, but anyway. Okay, cool. So now, <clears throat> this is, this is, uh, as you court was put it sign, fearless is, was, uh, is a banner for Camp Elam this fall, fearless. I said, Courtney, that's my word today. This is fearless confidence we have toward God. Okay, so now, finally, get to the, get to the praying part here. So now, this is the first conditional sentence. So this is a conditional sentence, if then. So if we ask anything according to his will, and I inserted then to make it so you can see it, then he hears us. <clears throat> Okay, so let's kind of go through this. First, we ask, that's ayato, we ask for something to be given. That's basically what the word ask. Uh, Merriman points out this word, uh, the verb form is to pray. Uh, so it's prayer, asking of God. And the idea, uh, present tense, we keep on asking. And that's one thing I kind of discovered as I went through this, that it seems like as we pray, God is teaching us as we pray. We start off praying one way, and Mike's going to talk about it today. Paul started out praying one way. Lord, you know, take away, take away those thorns in the flesh. Well, then after a while, that prayer, that prayer, his dialogue with God kind of changed, right? Well, wait a minute. If that's what, if that's your will, then hey, bring it, Lord. I want your will. I, you know, then, you know, he changed, you know, as we, sorry, as you pray, and we're going to see that other examples, as we pray, the Lord teaches us more about himself, and we learn, we pray differently at the end of the day, it seems like. So this is, this is a, this is a subjunctive, this is present subjunctive middle, this verb. Uh, so th- it's subjunctive third class, so it's fulfillment is uncertain, but still likely. And I still like, and I like the still likely, that, not a double talk there. So it says that you may not do it, but it's likely that you will, is kind of the idea. And middle is that we're asking for our own interest. And that's not to, that's not a bad thing. We're praying to God for something that is of very personal interest to us. And I think many times our prayers, and you know, most Christians don't have trivial prayers. We have prayers about our family, our loved ones, and they're serious prayers about serious matters in life. And so they're, they're not trivial prayers. And I think that many times we seek the Lord, and over time the Lord shows us how to pray about that situation. So this is present, subjunctive, middle, uh, this verb. So Weist has it, he renders that. We keep on asking 
for ourselves. So this is this is a personal side of prayer that a believer has. So it's according to his will, and it is you know, according according to a norm and standard of his will. And it's anything. <laughs> so it can be. It's, that's what he says. Ask anything. So this is cool. So let's, Roger. Yeah, keep going. Okay. Roger that word uh, according to his will is kata, which means in the direction of again, right. according to his purposes, according to his goals. Okay, so we're focused on his will being done. A- Amen. Amen. That's that, that's what and that's what really what you learn from this that that's where that's the direction the Lord wants us to come to. That's where he wants us to come. He wants us to make our will his will. I mean, I got that wrong. His will, our will. That's that's where he wants us to go. Thanks, Roy. That's great. Okay, let's keep going here. So the last part is, that, that was the if part, now the then part. He hears us. So the result of our prayer is that he hears us. He hears us present tense. He keeps on hearing us. So as we keep on praying... He keeps on hearing. I think that's cool, right? He doesn't, he doesn't say, whoa, I heard that enough. Stop. <laughs> nope. He keeps on hearing. Cause, cause we keep, if it's a serious matter, we keep on praying. I mean, we know, if you're like me, we keep on praying every day, sometimes every hour that we have. So it's, we keep on praying. But if you look at carefully at this, there's limitations. There's limitations. And this is, this, as Merriman kind of pointed this out, which I thought was great. I didn't see this at first. <clears throat> there's limitations on asking, the asking part, the if part, and there's asking on the receiving part, uh, the then part. So let's look at those. First, we, we're asking according to his will. This means prayer has a proviso. Proviso is, if it be your will. And boy, we see that. We see that in so many prayers. We see it in our Savior. I'm gonna, we're looking at it briefly at the end. What did the Savior pray in the garden, right? And the Savior even learned. I just blew my mind. He even learned. He prayed one prayer. The first time he was in the garden, first time, during the garden situation, he prayed one prayer, and and then he says, um, I'll wait till I get to it. But anyway, it it points out this point. It's your will to be done. But we, we grow to understand that, it seems like. The proper attitude is your will for my life is better than my will for my life. I'll say that again. The proper attitude is your will for my life is better than my will. No, I'm sorry. My will for my life. Sure, go ahead. Sure. So I think what is God's will for life? It's to be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I think part of that as we grow in grace, we come to we come to accept God's will because we've grown to know that's the best for us. Just like this says, I can't, I can't say it very well. <laughs> Your will for my life is better than my will for my life. Okay, there we go. Okay, so, and sometimes we sometimes we don't know His will, but I think I I really think as we pray, as we spend time with the Lord, we will at at a point understand we will allow His will to happen. Lord, whatever it is, yeah, it's okay. I'm, I accept your will in this situation. Sometimes we find it very hard. We just can't, I can't accept that, Lord. I just can't accept that to happen. But sometimes he allows, you know, what we say bad, quote, bad things to happen from our perspective. Okay. So let's go on. I'll continue with this. So, uh, so the second limitation is one of receiving. He hears us. Okay. It's, it's important, is it? 
this verse says he here in this verse, but we're going to see it's going to change a little bit in 15. In this verse, it does not say he grants us a request. It says he hears us. So, so, so we pray in accordance with his will. He hears us. Okay. The answer to the request may be yes, maybe no. Both Macaulay and, and Merriman said the same thing. So this is from Smith and, and Weiss writings here. The promise is not he grant, granted it, <laughs> but he hearkens us, hearkens to us. He answers in his own way. So now, okay, now we're gonna, uh, now we're gonna amplify that. Uh, let me see. Well, next we'll amplify that. Go ahead. Is there a question? Yeah, just, can you hear? I, I hope you can hear me. The, sure, you uh, can. Yeah, it is God's will that we pray to him is the focus here. Amen. He wants us to be open with him, to tell him intimate things about ourselves that are true. He knows what's true. He wants us to just be open about that. And and that's really the emphasis here, that he is hearing us. Right. That's what we are confident in. Right. What a blessed Lord we have. No, it is. Okay. All right. So now what's going to happen now is 15 is going to add a little more detail to what we've learned in uh, 14 here. So it's another conditional sentence, but it's, it's different this time. And if we know that he hears us, and, 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 and we learned that from the previous verse, right? We know that if we, he's hearing us, right? If we know that he hears us and whatever we ask, then we know that we have the request which uh, we ask from him. I struggled with this verse for a long time. And uh, hopefully, so see what you think of oh, where I came to. Okay. So, the uh, first part, the, the, the if part, if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask. Okay. So, it's, it's a first class condition. So, you could say since. So, when you think of it in that sense, in that sense, <laughs> um, it, it connects it with the previous verse, right? So, what I kind of came to here is that this verse seems to assume we have prayed, we have agreed with verse 14. Your will be done. We said, Lord, I'm praying that your will to, is to be done. What, what, that's what, as Christ prayed. In the, that's what this verse kind of assumes that. So the heart of this verse is this if-then structure. And Merriman, he summarized it kind of very succinctly. If you just take the key, the key, I, if, if we know, then we have. If we know, and the no has a rest of it. If we know that he hears us, we have the request. Is what he's, that's the key part. So what do we know? And no again, all three no's in, in these passages are oida, absolute knowledge again. We know, and we know it from scripture. He hears us in whatever we ask. So we know that from, from the previous verse. And from, uh, what do we know we have? The request, uh, which we have asked from him. So that, you know, so it makes sense. If we ask according to his will, then 15, and it's, it's based upon that, then it says we have the request. We have that request. So if we pray in accordance with his will, this verse says we will, we will have the request that we ask for. So, you know, it, what I found was that people didn't exactly say, they didn't show the connection between these two verses. That's what I thought was missing and as I read and studied. But I think they're, they're totally connected and they should be taught together. Okay, so I was going to go on to some examples here. Any, 
Any other thoughts, Roy or other folks? Just just one, Roger. That this is a, a, a third class, not not a first. Uh, this is well, no. According to what I have, it's first class. It's a on. Mm-hmm. Well, not, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Well, okay. I don't know. Well, let's let's talk about that because I got I had several several people I looked at. I looked at the uh, anyway. We'll, we'll talk about that. Okay. All right. So all my teaching is based upon that being first class. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Whatever. All right. Okay. So here's some examples. So I have, we have basically a request and an answer. So this is some examples that Macaulay got me kind of started on this. This is requests that were made, but the answer was different than what the request was. So the first one, 2 Corinthians 12, 8. Mike's going to teach on these two today. So Paul said, concerning this, the thorn in the flesh, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me. And so what was the answer? Answer in the next verse was, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Right. So Mike's, Mike's going to teach, this is going to be his message today, so I won't say a whole lot more. But anyway, Paul prayed one way, and the Lord answered another way, and then what's neat is, over oh, within a short time in the scriptures here, Paul changes his mind, right? He says, Lord, it's your will, your will be done. I agree with you. Okay. Well, here's one. This is a, this is almost a funny one. Not funny, but one funny for Moses. <clears throat> so Moses, speaking in Numbers 11 says, I alone am not able to carry the burden of all these people. Please kill me at once. <laughs> if I found favor in your sight. <laughs> I know. He said, Lord, this is too much. Just get me out of here. I want to kill me. I don't want to. <laughs> okay. Well, the Lord didn't answer his prayer. He didn't answer that prayer. Okay. What the Lord did do, though, he said, okay, Moses, later on, Lord, the Lord therefore said to Moses, gather for me 70 men from the elders of Israel, and I will take of the spirit who is upon you, and will put it upon them, and they shall bear the burden of the people. So that's, that's pretty cool. Pretty pretty cool answer. Okay, so then the next set here. Uh, the request was, and this is um, this is uh, Martha and Mary with Lazarus. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus, of Bethany, <clears throat> uh, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. So the sisters sent word to him. Lord, behold, he whom he whom you love is sick. So, in the context, it's not exactly a prayer, but they're dealing with the Savior. So, you know, it seems like that's kind of appropriate. So, what was what was the Lord's answer? And this one kind of defiles. You know, it's amazing. It shows he knew exactly what he was going to do. So, when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. And so, somebody comes and says. Somebody's sick. You rush right to him. Well, no, not in this case. He says, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified by it. And then the, and then the last one is, uh, and this is why I really, you know, I kind of added this one in. I thought it was just appropriate. So here's where the, he's in the garden, the Lord Jesus in the garden, and he went uh, a little beyond them and fell down on his face and prayed, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, 
but as you will. So he he his prayer was uh, to let this cup pass from me. So I, to my mind, you know, we have the God-man. This shows the humanity of the God-man. Yet, but then, yet, not as I will, but as you will. But then, very shortly, a few verses later, it happens a second time, and he prayed saying, My Father, if it cannot pass away unless I drink it, your will be done. So that kind of kind of spoke to me about, well, here's our Savior, he prays, he starts, first he asks for something to be taken away, uh, passed from me, and he says, and he, he says, your will be done, but then the next time he prays, he says, well, if that's not possible, so he, he's in tune with the Father, if that's not, and it's not possible, he had to go to the cross, they agreed to that in eternity past, right? So, he says, your will be done. So I kind of thought, as a, as a growing, if, if you, if you think of the Savior as growing, I don't know, or, I thought, well, that's a, that's a really good, pattern or a good um, connection between um, and praying. Maybe it was to show us the, to do that. Maybe it's yep. a Amen. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I think so. Yeah. Go ahead, Roy. Uh, just my thought here so that I'm not misunderstood. The previous verse has a um, with the indicative mood, the if at the beginning, we uh-huh. know and that's indicative uh-huh. that you are right, okay? This is a confidence that we have. In uh-huh. re- so that the things in the subjunctive, whether we know the result or not, is his will. We don't know that for sure. Just like our Lord in the garden, he he talked to the Lord. His own, the son talking to the father had this perspective. And he had so much confidence in the father. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And that's the whole, what a beautiful illustration of the verse you just covered. Yeah. No, I thought, I thought it was just it really, no, hey man, no, that's great. Thanks for it. I thought so too. Really. You have both, both the security of if in the one and the subjunctive of the if in the one in the verse that you just covered. Your last example, Roger, which is a great one, I think, is, uh, and then you think about Hebrews 12, too, looking under Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, for the joy that was been before. God's will was the joy yeah. of crucifying and, us in every sin that's ever taken place. Yeah. I mean, Isn't that incredible? It, it is. It is. It is. No, it is. And, and it just, in this, in this he, he prays one way, being a, being a God man, he prays, you know, he starts off just like Paul. And then kind of fits with Paul. Paul starts off one way. So we think about us. We start off one way praying. We have a serious situation. This is totally, this is something that, you know, is huge. And we start praying one way. But then over time, I think the Lord is so gracious. He shows us. He shows us, you know. I've got a question, though. Do you think it's prayer in the flesh that you wear, his human side? Let's not say okay. that. Okay. The Christian, his human side. Is that, is that, is that the... Physical harm, he wanted to have the cup. That, I, I think, I mean, he went to do a mission, right? Right. So the cup that was there for him was to take on the sin of the entire world, right? right. That was the cup. I think we believe right. that, don't we? Right. It just wasn't and being crucified. No, 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 no. That's right. Do you think that human prayer reflected his the fact that his physical body he knew was going to be? Oh, boy. I mean, we don't have to answer that. I'm just I know. No, I know what you're that. I don't think he, his first... His human prayer as a God uh-huh. hand was, was 
questioning God's will that the whole sin of the world was going to be taken upon it. Mm-hmm. I think that the human thing could have been maybe the physical aspect. And that does seem to, I know, I know what you're saying, it does seem to fit. I mean, it, it, thought, though, that it, was, it was because he was going to be separated. And that's, that's, that, that's good. That that was more important to him than actually the physical right. death. When he talks about the joy set before, maybe he's talking about get back to the going back home. Okay. Well, I, I think there's joy. That there's, you know, I think in, in, in John there, John 17, that we're, we're a gift from God the Father to God the Son. I mean, that, that whole, the whole thing, the whole picture of the Godhead interacting with man. And we're a gift. We're a gift from God the Father to God. I mean, you just, you, it just yeah, the seems beyond. Before was, was all the redemption of of all his all his brothers, mm-hmm. all of us. But keep in mind that Hebrews talked to us. He's the author and finisher of our faith. Mm-hmm. I mean, so in a sense, I, you know, I think we can't forget that he's the author and finisher of our faith. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, it's, it's this is me. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Okay. Okay. I just have we've gone way over time here, but apologize. Okay. Yeah, no, actually, <laughs> musicians need to practice here. Okay. Just three quick examples. We, Stanford, Miles Stanford, and Jay Vernon McGee, uh, about, you know, this is some last thoughts, you know. Uh, we have our requests, not always as we pray, but as we would, would pray if we were wiser. I thought <laughs> that was good. <laughs> God give us, gives us not what we ask, but what we really need. And that's true. He always does. He wants to give us what we need. I mean, we know that, but we're, but we want to, we fight against that. And sometimes that's fighting against something that, that is very hard. It's very, very hard for us humanly to take. And then Stanford says, prayer is fellowship of an intimate and living union. As with all Christian life, it must be carried out in dependence upon the Holy Spirit. And lastly, McGee says, we are walking in a fellowship with him when we are following him. We can have no, we can have confidence that he hears us, uh, hears what we ask and answers our prayer. We come, we come with boldness. To ask God's will be done, and that's kind of the, the bottom line. We ask for God's will to be done, and it may take it may take years, and some some prayers and some situations may take years for that to happen. But I think the Lord desires that we come to that point. Yeah, thanks for all the great comments, and so let's let's close. We thank you, Father. We thank you for your marvelous um, provision for us and your your dear Son, Lord. We thank you that we can. Come boldly, and we can come fearlessly, we can come to you, and we can know that your will is to be done. And we pray that we would, we would submit and listen to that, Lord, in Christ's name. Amen.